Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Let's get it. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good people. It is Wednesday, January the 4th. 2023 y'all decided to wake y'all asses up ray g and for that i appreciate y'all being in the building um we got evan in the building matt bruner dynasty barry tyler pello my boy pello in the building jay peters my girl joe sanchez what's up joe uh alan's in the building austin kevin the milk crate craig leo andrew got a good crew in the building row i see you in there tk troy king in the building what's going on shout out fizzle dollars for the intro song yes it's the wake up ray g show glad y'all are here we got a good show on tap for you today uh i'll just start off by saying we all know what happened on on monday night um you know whether you're religious or not uh thoughts and prayers all the positive vibes uh from our way to demar hamlin as a former football player as a father uh, as a parent as a son i can only imagine um you know that situation you know taking place um but no better place for it to happen. If it's going to happen, he got immediate care. Um, it's it's beautiful to see that his toy drive is over $6 million. $6 million. We'll make sure we'll link that in the description of our show. Um, you know, just thoughts and prayers. There's no updates. There's nothing that I can say that you all don't know about. We've seen it. We've talked about it. Everybody's talking about it. The world is talking about it. All that we could do is uh, send positive vibes in prayers his way. Um, I am optimistic that he's going to be okay. He's going to pull through all the vibes, all the prayers, the medical care. I believe he's going to pull through. Um, and we're going to get positive news from the DeMar Hamlin camp very soon. So let's just continue to keep those positive thoughts um, at the forefront of our minds. Uh, keep him there. And just um, my big takeaway, you know, you guys just we got to appreciate each other. You know, appreciate the people around you. Uh, why they're here. It, it, it's so unfortunate that it takes tragedies for us to kind of take a step back and really evaluate what's important in life. And that's as friends, as family, that's loved ones, that's life. Like we're here and we're having a good time for a split second, you know, and 
Um, if you got the thought, man, don't, don't, uh, I'll, I'll reach out to my homeboy or my homegirl tomorrow, or I'll hit them up at the end of the week. If you're thinking about somebody, fucking text them right now, call them right now. Tell them, Hey, I was, you were on my mind. Hope you have a great day. It takes, it takes five seconds to send a text message, right? The, you know, I know, I know we're in this age where you, people don't call people anymore, but send a voice message, you know, tell people that you love them, tell people that you care about them. Um, that's really what it's about. Screw the fantasy, the game implications. It's a game. Fantasy is a proxy for a game. Like life is what's important. So, um, really, 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 uh, just want people to do that. You know, myself included. Practicing what I preach and telling people I love and care about them um, in the moment because there's no better time than now. But I, I, I do think you know we're gonna get positive news. I'm, I'm keeping that positive energy um, in the atmosphere in our ecosystem, and and Demar Hamlin is gonna pull through, and he's gonna be okay. So thoughts and prayers to him as we start the show. But we are here to have a good one. Get our minds um, not off of off of that, but let's let's have some have some fun here and talk through a mock draft, talk through some of these rookies, um, talk through some of these landing spots and situations. We'll be taking a look at a mock draft uh, that Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network dropped this past Monday. Very interesting. One. A lot of big trades, a lot of things there. I want to bring Jay in the building because, Jay, I do want to talk through, um, you know, what you've seen being done in fantasy leagues right now because, you know, the Monday night game was one of the most anticipated Monday night matchups that we were going to have on the slate the entire football season. I mean, everybody was hyped up for that one. And right now it looks like the NFL has decided to, I don't want to say cancel, but not play uh, the Bills uh, Bengals game or kind of wait and see. So, Jay, first of all, good morning to you. Get you in the building. What have you seen happening in leagues that you're in to how to navigate, I guess, uncharted water? We really haven't been here before, but what are you seeing leagues do and, and how would you approach this situation? Uh, I think I've seen a bit of everything, right? Um, one of the things that we did, uh, me and Gene, right? So Gene from off the line, me and him are in a title championship right now. And he has Stefan Diggs going and I have nobody. Now, he needs to, Stefan Diggs to overcome a lofty total was like 50 points, which again, Stefan Diggs has done at some point during the season. It's still a big total. It's what Devontae Adams put up in uh, in week 17 as well. So you look at it and you're like, well, what is the chance he has to win? It, it's marginal. But I told Gene, I'm like, you know what, man? Like, let's just wait. Like, there's no immediacy to say I'm the champion or you're the loser or anything. Like, if the NFL decides to play the game, then the stats should count, right? You've seen some services come out and say, yep. It wasn't played during week 17, so the season is over. There's a lot of money on the line for a lot of people doing these things. I I think if it was me and my league and it's my group of 12, I think you should wait. You know, when you talk about larger championships, underdog best ball titles, like that stuff, it's all, it's more things going on. But if it's just your league, I think you should wait. I think you should just give the other person the gracious and care that if they do play the game, the stats should count. I know Sleeper made an implementation where you can do that for the game and, they, and they're going to kind of work that into their system. Outside of that, you know, you can obviously crown champions if they're already champions and you can pay out your money. But if, if there's a chance they can come back or someone can win, I think you should wait. I think that's kind of the, the correct approach here. I think it's how people should approach it. You know, for leagues, this is kind of, you know, something you work the whole season for to end and lose because of that. That would really suck. I think you should at least give the person the chance and kind of wait for the entire process to play out, whether the game is canceled rescheduled if the game is played i think it should count the only question is is that if it's restarted for whatever reason which i don't think it will be 
then maybe you get into, well, how do those stats count? And you just start the new stats versus the old ones. But outside of that, I think you should wait, man. I think the NFL hasn't made an official ruling yet on the game as a whole for the season. And that's why I think you kind of have to wait to kind of make your your ultimate decision on what happens with those players. Yeah, I think um, I think a couple of things. You can wait and see, of course. Uh, I've conceded one of mine. I mean, I was down by a ton. I still had a player left, but he also had two players left. And realistically, there was no chance for me to come back. I mean, anything could happen, sure, but realistically, it wasn't happening. So I waved the white flag. I'm a commissioner in that league, and it would have been real easy for me to be like, split the pot, do all this. Like, nah. I was going to catch an L. That's just the reality of the situation. So I have no 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 problem waving the white flag. What I've seen some leagues do, Jay, is they take the high and low of whatever player it is, whatever their high score was for the season, their low score, and then they take the the median of that, of the high and low, and project it onto this week. Um, I've seen people just take the average of what they've scored all season. Uh, there's a lot of different things. I, I think, um, you know, league by league case, it's we've never seen anything like this. Um, but most most places I've seen, if it's close, it's a split pot, um, high and low, take the median of the high and low, project that onto the week, crown the champion there. It's just interesting, right? You know, because we haven't seen something like this. So I've heard a lot of things, seen a lot of things. If it's super close, wait and see, split the pot. Um, you know, it's it's just interesting uh, league by league case, Jay. So um, any other news? I don't think there's much other news today. It looks like Jalen Hurts is probably going to play um, that Good NFC point. East title. The number one seed in the NFC is still very much up for grabs. Don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts is. Haven't seen a ton of reports on that. The last report that I saw before Sunday's game was he wasn't going to be fully healthy for like four or five weeks. So we'll see. I don't know if the Giants are going to. We kind of talked about this on Monday are the Giants going to play their players, rest their players? Vegas, with the uh, Eagles being favored by 14, yes. seems like they're probably not going to play their players, right? There's no incentive outside of momentum for the Giants to uh, for the Giants to roll out Daniel Jones and company um, out there versus the Philadelphia Eagles. But we shall we shall see. I'm looking in the comments to see what anybody else is uh, what they're you doing. Do you think that John Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan? That was one of the reports. Well, yes. Dropped. Well, I, I meant to. I meant to bring that up, John. Yes, I do think he's going to leave Michigan. Um, I'm hearing that is uh, a very realistic possibility, and the Carolina Panthers being a potential landing spot for Jim Harbaugh, not John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. Um, yeah. Confused. Yeah, it's okay. I, I do think that's a realistic possibility that he does leave uh, Michigan, goes to Carolina Panthers, and drafts his choice of Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud, or Bryce Young. At number four overall, I think Steve Wilkes has done an admirable job uh, as the interim head coach for Carolina. Probably should deserve some consideration, some strong consideration to be the head coach of that team. But I have heard the rumors. I believe the rumors. So we shall see. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Derek Carr looks like he's on the move. Um, You know, again, it's going to be a very interesting off season from free agency to the NFL draft, the pre-draft process, it's going to be very, very, uh, very interesting. But let's talk. Let's talk rookies. Let's talk uh, 2023 class. We are here. It is rookie season. I am excited. The Senior Bowl is a couple of weeks away. Super Bowl uh, about a month away. I'm very excited. And shout out real quick to my sister, Sister GQ. It's her birthday today, so I got to give my little sister uh, a shout out. And we didn't even talk about Michelle Adore. I'm drinking the coffee, but y'all know what it is. Michelle Adore, USA.com. Get some of that coffee. It's delicious. Use the promo code WAKEUP for 15% off. We'll hit them again at the end of the show. But let's pull it up. Let's talk through Kyle's uh, 2023 mock, Jay. 
and uh, talk about these landing spots, what we would do from a dynasty perspective if these landing spots were to come to fruition. So let's go ahead and uh, pull it up. Secondary app. We don't need that. There we go. Let's pull it up. Let's talk a little Kyle Krabs 2023 mocks. So here we go. 5.0. We've done a lot of these over here at the Draft Network. Uh, and you see number one overall is not a quarterback. The Houston Texans select Jalen Carter, uh, the uh, I think one of the best players in this draft. Him, Will Anderson, up for debate who the best player is. But they do not take a quarterback at one. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um uh, in the rationale here, Texas roster isn't ready to compete, and I would strongly consider the possibility that Carter plus any quarterback over uh, Carter plus any quarterback over this year's QB one plus another prospect. So there goes uh, there goes that rationale for that one. I don't quite agree. I do think Houston is going to take a quarterback at the top of the draft, whether that be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, whomever it is. I think they're going to go quarterback. But in the event that they don't, Jay. And they go interior D-line, which I would not uh, listen. I, I, I would be just fine with Jalen Carter if, if I were a Houston Texans fan. But that leaves uh, a world of possibility at two and beyond. And here in this mock, we've got a trade. There are quite a few trades in this mock. But in this, in this mock draft, uh, the Chicago Bears trade back one spot. Uh, Seattle gets this pick. They give up a three a four and a 2024 third rounder to move up one spot just to secure, right? They don't want Atlanta jumping ahead. They don't want Carolina jumping ahead and they get their choice of a quarterback and they take Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama at number two overall. I love the fit. I, I do. I, I love the fit. I would absolutely love Bryce Young in Seattle with we've continued to talk about the improvements that they made to that team via the NFL draft last year. Uh, Charles Cross, Abe Lucas, the bookend tackles. You've got DK, you've got Tyler Lockett, you've got Noah Fant, you've got a running back in Kenneth Walker. This would mean Geno Smith is probably on the outs. This would mean Geno's on the outs or he is purely a bridge quarterback who'd probably play four games, six games, and then Bryce Young would take over. I love the fit of Bryce in Seattle. Absolutely love it. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Ray, you you nailed it, right? It's just you you hear the Russell Wilson comps when they draft Bryce Young, right? It just feels like a hand-in-glove fit, a player who is a bit undersized, who we have concerns about going to a team that has utilized and had success with a slightly undersized quarterback as well. Talked about the complement of weapons. The offensive line should be improved. Kenneth Walker being there. DK Metcalf, cornerstone players for that offense. I think it'd be a great fit. Whether Geno Smith is there or not, I think that Bryce Young could still beat him out. We've shown, we've seen that they're, they will play whoever the best player is. And if that's Bryce Young, I think this could push him to QB1. You know, the, over the past few days, there's been a lot of talk about CJ Stroud vaulting himself, showing his legs in that playoff game to where maybe he should be QB1. In this one, Kyle Krabs, this draft was, was released on Monday, right? So it was after those playoff games, but he still had right. Bryce trading up that one spot to secure. Bryce Young, I don't hate it, man. Bryce Young is still, in a lot of ways, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the class. It's just that size, right? You see the movement in the pocket. Yeah. You see the one that throws the ball. It's just the size. But if he's still QB1 and going to Seattle, I think it's a great fit and great for fantasy. Could even potentially be QB1, but we can go through the rest of the mock, kind of determine if he would fit there. I love if this. The I love this scenario. Joe says Geno Plus gets traded to the Jets for Elijah Moore. You bring Elijah Moore to Seattle with Bryce Young. He gets to he gets to sit behind Tyler Lockett, you know, and learn. Not necessarily sit behind Lockett, but gets to learn behind Tyler Lockett to uh, to improve his game. And uh, you know, a lot of people I see Jay Peters and Rose saying anybody worried about his size, and I would be a liar if I told you absolutely not. No fear. Um, yeah, 
I think there are concerns, right? But here's my thing. He's been this size his whole adult football life. He played in the toughest preparatory conference in collegiate football to get you ready for the NFL. There's NFL defenders all over the place in the SEC. He's never been hurt. You never see him take big shots. He just has an uncanny ability to avoid it, uh, to get down. Like This is one of the reasons why... Bryce Young was pegged as a as, as a dual threat quarterback coming out of high school, and you didn't see him do a ton of that at Alabama. He utilized he was a tactical scrambler, utilized his legs when necessary. He can run, but I think he realizes like, hey, I don't want to be out here running the ball 150 times a season. So while I am a little concerned about his size, he's played at a uh, an elite clip in the SEC at this size. So uh, I'm not. I, I think they're warts with all the quarterbacks, realistically. But I'm sorry, I, I just can't. The only concern for me is size, and I don't know if, if the size is enough of a concern for me to sway off of him completely. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it, right? You can't ask Bryce Young to do more than he's done. He's played at the highest level, won championships, played in playoff games. Like There's, there's no higher peak for any quarterback, regardless of how big or small they are that Bryce Young hasn't achieved, basically. So I, I'm with you. I think there's no reason to say that he's too small because you can't say that about a guy when he's done it all at the highest level. You can say he's small relative to most quarterbacks, but he's competed in one and, and done very well at a very high level. So I think with that, you have to kind of give him that credit and either you draft him or you don't because you think he's too small and he won't hold up. But I think he's shown you that he has the ability to do so and it just comes down to his can he do it in the NFL and we'll see. All right, let's move on down the mock. Chicago Bears, no wide receiver, no running back, no quarterback, no O-line. They go Will Anderson, edge out of Alabama. Uh, I don't know how you could uh, I don't know how you could be upset about this. Will Anderson is phenomenal. That's all I'll say. He is phenomenal, a phenomenal edge rusher. All right, Carolina and their new coach. So here we go. We've got a trade. Carolina trading up with Arizona. They move out of the nine spot. And they receive 104. They give up 109. They give up a second rounder, a third rounder, and a 2024 third rounder. And they select Will Levis, quarterback out of Kentucky. Here we go. So QB2 off of the board, Will Levis, Jay. And despite the fact that uh, the uh, the fantasy football world hates Will Levis, apparently, they, they can't stand him. dot is low, yada, yada, yada. Everything that we're hearing at the Draft Network, everything that I'm hearing from people in the draft community is, uh, insert that Stephen A. Smith video. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, we don't care. The scouts don't care. They're still going to take the tools and the traits of a 6'3", 230-pound gunslinger who's athletic as hell, uh, played played on a bad Kentucky team. I'll just leave it at that. you, You can't watch the tape. You can't look at the stats and say that this was a good team. Offensive line was wrecked. Uh, new weapons all over the place. The play calling was suspect at best. You see that by way of their OC being fired immediately after the season. He's not even there at Kentucky anymore. They got him up out of the paint. But Will Levis at four to Carolina. DJ Moore, the emergence of some Terrace Marshall looking good. Shai Smith is a complimentary piece. I do think they would still probably add to the wide receiver position. But Will Levis at four to Carolina. Jay, talk to me about this fit. Talk to me about the player. Uh, You see right here, Kyle Krabs and I broke down Will Levis last week. Um, I kind of like him, Jay. I I, I get some concerns, but I like Levis. Talk to me. So the thing for me with Levis, right, is it's just I don't know whether – 
to bet on the NFL, right? We see the NFL get it wrong sometimes. Um, we've seen them take these toolsy guys and, you know, you look at the way Will Levis plays and you, and you see how with NFL talent around him, he can really thrive, right? But it just, it's one of those things, man. It's hard to get it out of your mind what you see on the field and, and what, or more so what you don't see on the field, right? When you see Bryce Young and CJ Stroud have these great games and to be fair to them, man, they got first round talent all around them, right? Will Levis doesn't have that, but it's still difficult to look at what he does on the field and say, yeah, he needs to be the fourth overall pick QB two, right? And so that, that's where, you know, again, like you said, they draft the tools. You hope you can develop the tools, whether it's a Mitch Trubisky, a Daniel Jones, a Josh Allen. These are the guys that kind of got drafted based off their tools, not off their production. And, and some of them have worked out, some of them haven't. And Will Levis seems like a case of that. And the question for me and question for a lot of people, Ray, isn't so much whether you like him, it's whether or not you want to bet on that guy in your, like high in your right. drafts. If you go top five, Ahead of CJ Stroud, he's going to be right there in the conversation for QB1, QB2, QB3. In Carolina, like the fit, I think they bring back Foreman. I think Foreman and Hubbard have created a great one-two tandem. No use to bring in a more expensive running back or another player who may not fit the system. Again, the coach may change things a little bit, but if for some reason they want to run a similar system and set, those two backs have been very successful for them. You have DJ Moore, you have Terrace Marshall who came on late and has been playing pretty well. I think you can add to the receiving core. I think Levis would have a complement of players. Hopefully they can upgrade the offensive line a little bit. But outside of that, I think he would be playing with some pretty solid players around him. And I don't mind the fit. Would I take him, you know, top five in a rookie draft? If he goes top five, I'd probably have to consider it. But it's just difficult yes, when you, you look yes. at him young and say, I'm taking him over those guys. But again, it depends on where these guys go. I think I would still take Young over Levis if Young's in Seattle and Levis is in Carolina. But how do you feel about that fit overall? Here's the thing. I, I, just, I just want people to be aware that there is context to all of this stuff, right? Every college team, more so than even the NFL, is not created equal, right? I, I would be hard-pressed to believe if you threw C.J. Stroud in Kentucky's offense this year, he would have looked like a top pick. I just go. I know. I know a lot of people talk like they know what the fuck is going on, but go watch Kentucky. Like literally, I mean, broken plays left and right, free rushers, free defensive line. I mean, just game after game after game after game. And you're like, first of all, I don't know how he stayed upright. I don't know how he stayed. He, well, he wasn't healthy all season. He got beat to holy hell. I don't know if Will Levis is going to be good or bad. I have no idea. None of us know. Like, we, every year we go through the draft. These quarterbacks get picked. We feel great. And then a year later, we're like, oh, my God, these dudes suck. People said Fields suck to start the season. They need to – literally the conversation was Chicago going a different direction, right? Now you get to the end of the season. He's Dynasty QB6, whatever the case may be. All I know is there were similar concerns and fears about multiple quarterbacks right now in the NFL that are thriving because they have the infrastructure around them. They have the coaching staff in place to help make them be successful. What he can do is throw the ball. He can run. He's big. Will he be able to process NFL defenses? Will he be able to do all? I don't know. But it's almost the same way that I talked about Fields. Fields went out there and threw for 75 yards, bro. Seven for 24. Seven for 21. Right. And this isn't a can fields or can't fields throw the ball, but it's it's back to what I said a couple of weeks ago. Does it even matter if fields will be a 65 percent completion percentage guy for fantasy purposes? If what he's going to do is hit big schemed wide open plays and run the damn football. Like if that's what he's going to do, do I even care that he's not now? Maybe from a NFL team standpoint, the sustainability yeah. of that style of quarterback play may not work in the long term. 
But right now, what we're doing is we're talking where we would value these guys in rookie draft purposes, right? And if he gets drafted number four overall, like him or not, you better not let him fall in super flex drafts. You may not like the pick, but take it. Like, you just you take the quarterback. It's super flex. You take the quarterback. I'm going to bet on the tools and traits. And here's my thing. If it fails, if it fails, what did you lose, man? You, you missed out on a you, – you used one rookie pick. You didn't trade future picks. You, you used one pick on a player, and it didn't work out. You didn't go trade multiple assets for him after the draft. Cheapest place to get a quarterback is in the draft, whether that's in a startup, auction, or in a rookie draft. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? All right. At number five overall, absolutely love this fit. C.J. Stroud to the Indianapolis Colts at number five overall. Watched Stroud's game versus Georgia yesterday. By far, I think it's the best I've ever seen him play. NFL talent all over the place defensively, and he's dropping absolute dimes. And would have had another touchdown pass had Marvin Harrison Jr. caught onto the one where he got uh, got concussed in the end zone. It was a, it was just a dime of a dime of dimes. C.J. Stroud and Indy. Love the fit. Now, Indy's offensive line isn't what we thought it was of the past. Kind of struggled. Quentin Nelson struggled quite a bit this year. They were injured all over the place. Jonathan Taylor wasn't healthy. But they've got weapons, right? They've got big body wide receivers. Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman, two big wide receivers. Paris Campbell on the slot. I love what I saw out of Jelani Woods late in the season. I think he is a sleeper tight end. Dynasty-wise, go get you some Jelani Woods. I think, Sky, the ceiling is pointed up for, for Jelani Woods and Indy. Uh, CJ Stroud in Indy at five overall. I'm I'm pants off. I love it, Jay. I I love it. Indoors, weapons, yep. running game, the draft capital. I would love this fit, man. Love this fit. Yeah, there's nothing else need to be said. You're, just, you're praying that Michael Pittman can be this fortunate, right? Everyone who has Michael Pittman right now, if they got CJ Stroud, they would be doing backflips all over the place. I think your point about the offensive line, it, it can be improved. They've had some great offensive lines in the past. They probably just need a competent head coach that can come in and bring in some some offensive line coaching that can coach them up. But, you know, it'd be great for the receivers. I think it'd be great for Jonathan Taylor. And I think being able to lean on Jonathan Taylor early in his career, taking some of the pressure off CJ Stroud would be great. But yes, Andrew said it, Stroud and Pittman would Man. be. Thank God. Man. Like, <laughs> we've been waiting for Michael Pittman to get a quarterback every Good year. God quarterback and we're praying that that's the guy and just hasn't worked out but i think that uh stroud came in i would love it i i think he would easily be in contention for qb1 for me um it depends on what else they do but i think you know the weapons are there for all these quarterbacks whether it's seattle carolina or indy i think the players and playmakers are there it just depends on you know the head coach for two of those teams and uh, ultimately what else they do in the draft but i think that all three quarterbacks would be set up for success at the nfl level Hey, David, this is a family program. Don't be talking about Randy Marsh at the computer. I know what you're talking about. This is a family show. We don't we don't curse. We don't make sexual jokes here, David. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I love it, man. CJ Stroud 5 to Indy. Love it. Uh, Detroit, can, can, can we, Jay, can we stop with all the mocks where Detroit's taking a quarterback in the top 10? It's not happening. They're not. Nope. They're not I will bet a large amount of money. Now watch them take a damn quarterback and this gets clipped. They're not taking a quarterback, man. Jared Goff is top seven in every major statistical category in the NFL. Ben Johnson is working magic. Uh, they're not taking a quarterback in the top five. It would make no, I, I, I know you want the shiny new toy, Detroit. Yeah. There's no need. Jared Goff is not the problem. They're not taking a quarterback in the top ten. Stop doing it. Tyree Wilson opposite of Aiden Hutchinson would love it would love it for Detroit 
They're not taking a quarterback. Please stop this. Please stop this. We're not doing it. They're not doing it. They're not doing it. They're not taking a quarterback. If they want one, they'll go golf another year. They got him under contract. I think only $23 million. I mean, golf is getting paid like rookie money for, for a 4,500-yard passer. Like, continue to ride that out. They got him under contract for another year or two, I believe. Ride out Jared Goff, and if it fails, you know, really tank and shit the bed and try to get Drake May or C.J. Stroud in 2020. Uh, Drake May or uh, Caleb Williams in 2024. All right. Big time what I believe uh, is a real possibility. <laughs> Big time. That, that was very loud in my ear, Jay. Very loud. Very loud. Big time uh, trade coming up. The Baltimore Ravens, let's talk about it. The Baltimore Ravens trade Lamar Jackson to the Atlanta Falcons for the 108 second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a 24-first, and a 25-first. Atlanta gets Lamar Jackson. Jay Rich, listen, man. I, I, I hear Baltimore has opened up contract negotiations with Lamar again. Some Ravens fans think Lamar is going to step on. I don't think he's stepping on the damn field to play at all. I don't think he's going to play at all. What do you think? I We have been talking in our Discord about Lamar Jackson to Atlanta for a long time. They got the cap space. They have the offensive line. They have the weapons. Talk to me about Lamar in Atlanta. I love it, Jay. I don't, ha- I don't love it for my Desmond Ritter shares, but as a, as a fan, I love it. Talk to me. Can we uh can we put him in a number seven jersey while we're at it when he goes to Atlanta? Uh, it'd be awesome, man. You know, you talk about the the good running back tandem, the great running game they already have there. I think it'd be great for Drake London and Kyle Pitts, a, a player who has frequently targeted the tight end, which we've been dying for for Kyle Pitts. He can obviously get the ball to Drake London as well. Um, I'd be curious how he would fit in Arthur Smith's offense. You know, you think about what he's done with Ryan Tannehill. Now imagine if Ryan Tannehill ran a four three, right? And that's basically the offense he'd be running with Lamar Jackson in there. Uh, it'd be crazy, I think. You know, you talk about Atlanta playing in that NFC South that is just awful, right? He'd play indoors a ton. He wouldn't be playing in the AFC North. I think it would be wheels up for Lamar Jackson. He'd probably break the rushing record his first season in Atlanta with how much he'd be running the ball. Uh, but I think it's, it'd be great for everybody, right? And then you talk about Baltimore getting all those first-round picks and still having a pretty decent roster around them. I think using all those picks and, you know, being doing what they do with their picks, they could probably do a lot with this. And whether they pay Lamar Jackson or not, I don't know. But in Atlanta, it would definitely be interesting. And and if they did get Miles Murphy, I'm sure they'd be pretty happy with that. Well, selection. here's the thing: that the NFC South is up for grabs. I mean, that division literally, Atlanta gets Lamar. They are number one. They should one. be favored to win the NFC South. I mean, Tom Brady. We don't believe that they're he's going to be back in in Tampa Bay. Uh, Carolina rookie quarterback. Who else is in the South? The Saints. Uh, uh, I got a quarterback. Right? I don't know what the Saints are doing, but this would immediately put Atlanta in front runner for the NFC South division. Um, I'm seeing some people say they need multiple 23 first. You never know. I mean, it's interesting to think about. You know, this has not been. I think it's going to get quite ugly between Lamar and Baltimore. This offseason, they weren't willing to acquiesce to his demands before the season. They shut it off during the season. A lot of people thought they'd be just fine with Tyler Huntley. And the reality is they're not scoring any points with Tyler Huntley. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL, and he's damn sure not Lamar Jackson. So if anything, Lamar has even more leverage. 
I would want a fully guaranteed contract if I was Lamar. I don't give a damn that that the Ravens don't want to pay Deshaun Watson money, but I'm the former MVP. You guys can't win without me. Look at what I've done. I'm one of the best players in the NFL. Pay me my bag. I, I wouldn't accept a, accept a dime less than Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, any of those guys. Lamar Jackson deserves to be paid more, and if Baltimore doesn't step up to the plate, it's just going to get ugly because all they can really do is franchise him. And what's yep. the tag? Like 40-something million for a quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, 40, probably 45, maybe even 50. It'll be a lot. It'll be a lot. That's that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I would love for I would love for them to figure it out. I would love to see uh Lamar. It's already rumors that Greg Roman. Though. I, I want to see Lamar gone, man, to be honest. I want to see him go somewhere else. I would love for him to stay in Baltimore personally, but we'll see how that plays out. Let's move down the mock, and here goes the first pick that I absolutely hate. I just don't like it. Yeah, Quentin Johnston to the Tennessee Titans, Jay. Awful, awful, man. Just what do you do if you have Traylon Burks and Quentin Johnston on the same team on a run-first offense? I mean, they could change the offense and get rid of Derrick Henry, but yeah, that, I don't know. Not trying to say Kyle's crazy, but the fit for both those players is not good. I don't like it. Who's the alpha in that case? I think, in my opinion, it's probably still Traylon Burks. But, I mean, I think it could go either way. I feel like it's a game-by-game basis with those guys. Yeah, I don't like it. I I, I mean, I I just... Tennessee, I don't know what Tennessee's doing. I I don't know. I, I don't know what Tennessee is doing, right? What they're doing with Tannehill, Henry... We know we know what we do know definitively is Malik Willis is not the answer in Tennessee. <sighs> they couldn't just, use AJ Brown. They couldn't use yep. AJ Brown right. I just I don't I want to see Quentin Johnston go somewhere else. Not not Tennessee. Uh maybe they bring in a new OC. They switch yeah. their identity. They change some things around. But as it currently sits today on January the 4th, 2023, I do not like it. I do not want Quentin Johnston in Tennessee. I think this would just be a waste of talent, waste of supreme talent. And maybe maybe we're wrong, but today on January the 4th, I don't like it, Jay. Where they stand right now, I don't like it. No, it's disgusting. Like Unless they change their entire offensive identity, which we're not going to bank on, like you said, today. It's just there's no reason to be excited. He may be good in the offense and could help them, but the volume would be super low. They'd be competition for targets, which are already limited. It's just disgusting. Like we can move on to the next pick, which would be pretty good. Well, let's talk about the next pick, Jay, because the Houston Texans uh, get their quarterback of the future, and they select Anthony Richardson. So this is what Kyle was talking about at the top of the draft. Jalen Carter and Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young and whatever player you get here at 12. A. Rich in Houston. <sighs> Does he start out of the gate? I think if you're if Houston does this, in my opinion, and we've talked about this a little bit, a bridge quarterback going to Houston, I think that would be a great fit for a rich and for the Houston Texans. Who's the you, they they've got to have a who's the bridge quarterback? That's my question. I don't think it's Geno. It could be a player like Baker, maybe. Um, you know, Baker trying to compete, but maybe he doesn't want to go to a place where there's a first round quarterback. But then again, maybe he's signed before they draft the quarterback, right? So. It's it's tough. I can't think of who the bridge would be, but Ooh. yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo probably not. Brissett would be a great fit. I know Scott said Brissett is kind of his dark horse candidate for 
a bridge role because he's not going to be in Cleveland. Does he go to Baltimore? Does he go to Houston? Because he's a quarterback that knows he's probably not a starter, but will still compete and play well. And I think he could teach a rich a lot. So, you know, I think I think it's a good spot. I wouldn't I wouldn't let Mills tank one more year. Would you do that? Just feels like a waste. I, I see the point, though. The point is Davis Mills will be a third year quarterback. He's been a starter. He's a pro. He's a hard worker. Uh, a rich could learn from him. My fear would be he would have to play right away. And on a team that is devoid talent across the board, outside of running back, there's no tight end of consequence. Uh, You look at the wide receiver position, it's just devoid of talent there. The offensive line is suspect. This, I would not like this at all. Like from a, from a, I, I would, I would be very worried if they did not bring in a Jacoby Brissett, I don't think Baker's going there to be the quarterback for four games and then getting replaced. I think it would truly have to be a quarterback that understands their role. They know they're probably not long for the wear and they're going to be replaced at some point. I think Brissett is an awesome, an awesome pairing to be that bridge here. I just don't. It's tough. It's tough. I don't, I don't want to see him start out the gate. I really don't. And if he's in Houston, did you, like you said, the pressure for him to start would be massive, right? They already passed on quarterback at one. They, so they went and got their guy at 12. It's tough. It's tough. And there's, there's not really a lot around him. And, and you don't trust the coaching staff the way you would trust more so a Seattle or potentially an Indy. And they have more, again, of all the teams, this if, is by far let me the say this. In our perspective. Let me say this. Because free agency comes before the draft. Houston goes out and signs Jacoby Brissett or Sam Darnold, right? Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett, um, I don't know, uh, uh, some other veteran. I'm just going to use Darnold or Brissett, right? They go out and sign one of those guys and then turn around and draft A. Rich at 12. I'm all in. I, I just, what I don't want is him to go into a situation where from day one, the He's expectation is for him, because if C.J. Stroud goes to Indy, expectation, you better start from day one. Bryce in Seattle, if Geno's not there, you're starting over Drew Locke. Will Levis in Carolina, uh, Sam Darnold's gone. It's P.J. Walker and, 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 and a bunch of misfit toys. He's starting from day one. I just don't want A. Rich... Because he does need some development. I saw somebody in the chat say he's going to be a colossal failure no matter what. That's We're not doing that. We're not even... I'm not... I'm not doing that this year. I have no, we have no idea. And what he does have, again, much like Levis, are tools, traits. Will that be developed? Will that be nurtured? Will that be groomed at the next level? Remains to be seen. But I'm not going to – I mean, people thought Daniel Jones was going to be a colossal failure and it looked bad until he got foundation around him. And now he's looking like the biggest dynasty buy of the season at the quarterback position. So if they give, if they give Anthony Richardson this type of draft capital, I've continued to say it, Jay – He's probably going to be my QB one. If he gets picked 12 overall with his skill set, probably would be the one that I would want over any other ones because I'm not worried about anything other than development. And we've seen quarterbacks that look like they've had trouble or we've had concerns because we fucking know that they can or can't develop. We've seen that all turn around. Hurts, Allen, uh, uh, Daniel Jones, right? They're all, they all have been able to be developed at the next level. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it's it would be interesting, right? And I think it's just, yeah, is can he have a competent starter or, you know, backup in front of him who can groom him, teach him the system, all those things, right? Because he does need that development. And so I'm with you. I think it'd be an interesting conversation. You know, I don't know if he would be my QB1 based off the other landing spots, but it, the conversation with Anthony Richardson is, isn't so much 
could he be the QB one? It's it's really just does he have the players around him, the foundation to make him a QB one and develop him over time because he has the skill set that's just out of this world. And if he can hone it all in, bring it all together, I think it'd be a great fit. Do you want to talk about Peter Skronsky going to Pittsburgh? Because I, I just love the fit. They need an offensive lineman so bad. I love both of these fits. Broderick Jones uh, to the Jets and Peter Skronsky to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know Pittsburgh needs offensive line help. Uh, there are people out there that think they should take a quarterback in round one. Listen, I'm not, I'm not some Kenny Pickett truther, but I'm not about to, I'm not about to bury the kid after a season. He's shown enough for me that he's going to be the starter for the next couple of years at Pittsburgh. And we know the Jets, uh, everything that's happened with Makai Becton, Dwayne Brown is old. They definitely need another offensive lineman to help protect whatever quarterback is back there. I don't believe it's going to be Mike White. I do not believe it's going to be Mike White for the third time. I do not believe it's going to be Mike White. So whether that's Derek Carr, somebody else, hell, bring back Sam. I wonder wonder how good Sam Darnold would look in this offense right now. Could you imagine if they brought back Sam Darnold? Yeah. I like both of these fits. All right, let's move down because we got an offensive player off of the board right here to the Green Bay Packers. Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame at 16 overall to Green Bay. Been listening to a lot of uh, Packers talk, Jay. I've been listening to a lot of Packers talk. And what I'm hearing from Packers beat reporters and Packers podcasters is they're happy with their wide receiver room. Uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. They like those two young guys. Uh, we know that right now at tight end, it's really Josiah uh, DeGuaro, no thank you. It's Robert Tanyan, who's, I don't really know what he is long-term. He's just a, an average serviceable tight end. Aaron Rodgers is back. They draft Michael Mayer. How good would he be with Aaron Rodgers in 2023? Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question, Ray. I would say he'd be fine. I don't know if he would like light the world on fire. Because I do think that Robert Tony is a pretty good tight end. He has rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and he's coming off an ACL injury. So if he's a year removed from his ACL, he would probably be closer to the Robert Tunyon of two years ago when he was really, really good, double-digit touchdowns. And then I think the other conversation we have to have, Ray, about Mayer in Green Bay is how long are we going to say, well, this player is going to be playing with Aaron Rodgers? Because we don't really know how long Aaron right. Rodgers is going to be there year one i think he could have a good season you know tight ends usually start pretty slow but mayor is you know first round draft pick probably one of the most nfl ready tight ends from just a skill set production standpoint now we know the speed may not be there he might not even run which would be a little bit concerning for us because then we really don't know how fast or slow he is but the production the way he's played at notre dame definitely were deserving of a first round pick the question is where we take him in fantasy drafts i think he would be fine with aaron Rodgers. i don't think he would necessarily light the world on fire We've seen them utilize their first round picks to some degree, but again, Christian Watson came on a little slow, but then they did get him the ball. So that would give me a little bit of confidence that the offense would move forward with Mayer. But I do think that Tanya is pretty competent. So I think it would split their reps a little bit. And I think that may make for a decent season for Mayer, maybe not a Kyle Pitts year one that people would really hope for being a 16th overall pick. But how do you feel about the fit and the long-term outlook for Mayer and Green Bay? I think I think you're way too bullish on Tanya. If they take Michael Mayer with the 16th overall pick in the NFL draft, Michael uh, Robert Tanya's done dead. It's not happening. Like it's just like don't. There's not but no they split. Ends though, like all the time. So I think it's like there can be room for both of them to be on the field, which still hurts Michael Mayer. No, no. If they draft Michael Mayer at 16, there's no Robert Tanya. It's Michael Mayer. Now the question is, how good is Michael Mayer in Green Bay? I don't know. Um, I saw Joe say a little bit of Zach Ertz kind of vibes. More Jason Witten vibes for me. A little more Jason Witten vibes for Michael Mayer, in my opinion. Um, 
Ertz was Ertz. I'm, I'm trying to th- remember Ertz at Stanford. I, I can't confidently speak on that right now without going back and looking at it. But when I look at Mayer now, I get like not early Jason Witten vibes, not late Jason Witten vibes. Because if, if for those of you who, because some of y'all are too young and you don't remember Jason Witten playing at Tennessee, rocking that number one, coming into the end. Jason Witten was so old, he was catching passes from Quincy Carter. So I'll just put it there as a Cowboys fan. He was screaming up the seams. Jason Witten was a downfield threat when he came into the NFL. I don't really believe that's Mayer, but he damn sure isn't Jason Witten of the Raiders where he was just catching fall. He's like middle of the pack Jason Witten, like mid-career Jason Witten from day one. I do think he would be plug and play. Yeah, Franz says Kyle Rudolph. I think that actually is a really a really good comp. People don't like it. Like the Rudolph-Eifert comps, I think are pretty fair for Mayer. It's just you look at their production, people are kind of like, I don't know, right? People are going to, if he gets drafted 16th overall, people are going to put Mayer in the top, what, five of tight ends, top six. Um, mm-hmm. I think he probably deserves to be in the top 10, but I don't know if I would go much further than that just because it's, Okay, hold on. It's funny because I I just, I'm going to call people out. There are some biases in here. And this is what, as we go through the draft process, y'all, whether it's your friends, whether it's analysts, there are biases. And Tyler Pello hates Michael Mayer. We actually have a bet right now, I think $100. He doesn't think Michael Mayer is going to be like a top 50 pick in the NFL draft. So he just hates Mayer. Uh, Doesn't matter what happens. He's just not going to buy in the Mayer. Got to watch out for these, uh, these biases out here. Doesn't matter what he does. But to say he's not going to be a top 50 pick, that's just it's insane to me. That's free money. You might as well uh, PayPal me my cash right now because you're going to lose that bet. Let's scroll down a little bit more and see what else we have going on. we got a bunch of defenders. Brian Breezy going to, going to Seattle. This is Unreal. incredible. Man, yeah. I, just Seattle continues to crush the draft. The Patriots getting Joey Porter Jr. Insane. And here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The New York Giants select Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. They get uh, their quarterback of the future, maybe a wide receiver one. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm telling y'all right now. You look at that Giants offense, you add a true number one weapon to this offense. It's this is phenomenal. Their offensive line is ascending. I believe a dynasty gem that we should be stashing across every dynasty league is Isaiah Hodgins. They're bringing him back. He's what they thought Kenny Galladay was going to be when they paid him all that money. Uh, Hodgins is going to have a role in this offense next year. Don't believe he's he's a one, but he's going to have a role. The chemistry with Daniel Jones, Isaiah Hodgins was a free waiver wire ad and may still be on waivers in some of your leagues. Go pick up Isaiah Hodgins. They continue to roll out Richie James in the slot. Wait till Wondell Robinson comes back. You add Jordan Addison, an elite separator. The best separator in this class at the wide receiver position is none other than Jordan Addison. You add him to this offense with Saquon Barkley, with Daniel Jones. Is he, is he wide receiver one off the board? I think it would be very difficult for him not to be, right? I told you that um, Jordan Addison is a guy that I think should be the wide receiver one, um, just his compliment, his skill set. And if you put him on a team like the Giants, how is he not? I mean, there's literally, I don't think there's a better landing spot in all of the NFL than, you know, you, we could say there's not better landing spots because of, again, co- really good quarterback play. But you talk about a wide open wide receiver spot where he could walk into 100 targets as a first, first round draft pick. It's very difficult to fade a guy like that. You, you talk about some of the guys like Garrett Wilson, like Chris Olave, like Drake London, these guys getting going into very, very bad wide receiver rooms. 
and just demanding targets right away. That's exactly what Jordan Addison would do. I think he's one of the most complete receivers in the NFL. He gives me a lot of Jerry Judy vibes when he was at Alabama. Again, say what you want about Jerry Judy in the NFL, but the skill set is there. You've seen his route run versus man coverage, and I think that Jordan Addison can do very similar things there. So I love the fit for the Giants. I think Dable would do a lot of good things with him, and I think Daniel Jones needs a player like this who can get open instead of having guys that aren't – he does better, it seems like, with some of these shiftier guys than trying to throw guys open down the field or making the right throws. I think just having a guy who can separate with ease is much better for the offense. I think Addison would be a great fit. All right. Um, there's still people. It's funny. I'm looking at people. They still don't believe in Daniel Jones. They still don't like him. Uh, hate it if Mr. Pennies is still there. It's it's just it's an easy dynasty buy at the quarterback position. I love the fit of Addison to the Giants. When you're just talking fit, I... I you know, we've only seen one receiver off of the board so far, which was Quentin Johnston to Tennessee. I like this fit in um, in New York much better, even though yep. I think Quentin Johnston's ceiling is much higher than Jordan Addison's from a skill set perspective. I've been asking a lot of people about this, man. This These wide receivers are interesting, but Jay, I want, I want you, because I see a lot of people talking about JSM. What did I tell you privately about a week ago about JSM? What did I tell you privately? You said that there is a lot of things still to happen. There's a lot of players still to scout, but it would be very difficult for you to keep JSN away from being wide receiver one in the class. And you talked about it on Monday, how you said he's in tier one. You just didn't say that he might be wide receiver one because you were watching the tape from 20 or 2021 and just watching JSN play. And you're like, yeah, you're not concerned about the speed. We'll see what he is at the NFL level, but you just watch the tape. It's very difficult to ignore the talent of JSN. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave saying he is the best wide receiver of the three of them. The success of those receivers at the NFL level, the success of Ohio State wide receivers. It's very difficult to fade a player like JSN. And I wouldn't be shocked if at the end of the day, he was your wide receiver one and he was my receiver one as well. There's a lot to there's a lot to there's a lot to go through, but I think a lot of it is out of sight, out of mind. Right. He, he hadn't played out of sight, out of mind, did nothing this year, was hurt. But I just put back on the 2021 tape. I put back on the 2021 tape, Jay, and I'm watching him, and I'm sending you clips. I'm like, dog, this dude's very good. He's very good, Jay. Very. That's that's all I'm saying. I don't know. I have not even started grading wide receivers yet. I just wanted to. We're watching the games. Everyone's pumping up Quentin Johnston and all these other players. And I was like, let me just go back and watch some JSN. I'm sitting here at the computer. I'm watching six games. And every game, I'm like, wow, 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 wow. Oh, there's Chris Olave. Wow, JSN. Oh, there's Garrett Wilson. Wow, JSN. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm and saying. Quentin Johnson takes a drag route 80 yards up the sideline. Yeah, and then <laughs> Quentin Johnson takes a yeah a, a five-yard drag and goes 76 to the house. And I'm like, whew. All right, uh, JSN, 1,000% over the player that's drafted right here. At 24 overall, we have Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee, going to the Chargers. Jay, I have receipts that I've been a Jalen Hyatt fan long before people even knew who his name was. I'm still a Jalen Hyatt fan, and I actually think the fit to Los Angeles is a good fit. But I do not believe Jalen Hyatt is a better wide receiver than Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't believe so. I don't think he's the wide receiver three in this class. I think the fit makes sense because he's a deep play threat. That's what he does. You, you put the ball in the air, Jalen Hyatt can get down the field and go get it. And I think this fit with Justin Herbert would be a good fit. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to fade Jalen Hyatt because I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is a better wide receiver, right? This is a good fit, Jay. I, I think Jason is better. I would love to see a different wide receiver here in L.A. with, with Herbert. How would you really? feel about Hyatt? The, 
not the player. We'll get to your player evaluation, but Jalen Hyatt's fit in L.A. with Justin Herbert. I think it's probably one of the best you'd find for Jalen Hyatt, right? Like one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL, a player who will not hesitate to rip it, right, in in Justin Herbert. It, again, it just comes down to is what is his skill set look like? And I think to your point, playing on the Chargers, you have Mike Williams who can go deep, run intermediate. You have Keenan Allen who can go intermediate, deep, and short. All Jalen Hyatt would really have to do is stretch the field, which is what his best skill set is in college. So you think about a player who's running through SEC defenses on a regular basis to the Bolitnikoff Award. It's hard to not say that, you know, if they did take him here, he could take Josh Palmer's role and probably excel at a much higher yes. level than Josh Palmer ever did. And now Josh Palmer did kind of work as Keenan Allen's backup more than Mike Williams is. I think he would operate more as Mike Williams's counterpart. But at the same time, this would force... The, I think this would force them to play more three wide receiver sets and Josh Palmer would probably be on the bench a little bit more, but Jalen Hyatt stretching the field would be very, very dangerous for this Chargers offense. So I do think that it's a great fit. Um, the skill set, we'll see what he ultimately is from a skill set perspective when we do the evaluations, but a player who can run deep through the SEC, I want that player with a deep ball thrower like Justin Herbert. I think it's one of the best fits you may find in this draft. I just wish it was Jackson Smith. I'm, I'm telling you, Dynasty Barry just said, he said, I've said for a long time, we're going to view Garrett Wilson and JSN out of Ohio State in a couple of years like we think of Jer uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I just, I get, he's out of sight. Here's the, here's the thing with JSN. He's not going to run fast. Like, let, no. let's, let, let's just say that Jalen Hyatt and and Quentin Johnson are going to blaze the 40 for, for potential first-round picks. I don't know where Addison's going to be. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be fast. I don't. He's not going to be Quentin Johnston fast. I don't think he's going to be Jalen Hyatt fast. Jordan uh, Jackson Smith and Jig was going to run the slowest forty out of him. Right. He's not going to be a four three guy. I don't know how high he's going to jump. All I know is, as a true sophomore, this dude dropped sixteen hundred at Ohio State. Right. And I'm I'm looking at his skill set. He's an elite separator. He catches everything in sight. He's got good short area agility. I haven't graded them. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm I'm just gonna leave I'm just gonna leave it at that. I like JSN. This is a good fit for Hyatt. If I were Jalen Hyatt, I'd be happy. I'd be oh, happy. How could you not be? It's a great I'm fit. You want to go to the next player now? Yeah, let's go to the next player. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Here we go. Baltimore Ravens at 25 select Texas running back B. John Robinson. Now, Ray, it's important to point out that Lamar Jackson will not be playing on this offense per this mock. But how do you feel about B. John Robinson? I believe it was Lance Zerline yesterday said that B. John Robinson coming out of the draft should be a 19 to 22 touch per game player right out of the gate. So that tells you everything you need to know about how he feels about B. John Robinson. He even gave a little shout out to the fantasy people out there. But B. John Robinson in Baltimore. How do you feel about that fit, Ray? Um, hmm. So in this situation, uh, drafting the best running back in a few seasons to play in the backfield while signing Geno Smith to be the heir to the offense, who says no? Uh, or, uh, this would not be good for J.K. Dobbins. I will say that. And J.K. has looked very good. I mean, it, it looks like he's dragging that leg still, but he's very explosive. He's he's every time he touches the ball, it feels like he's ripping off long runs. Listen, man, uh, <laughs> he would get the ball a lot. He would get the ball a lot immediately. So, I mean, he's good, Jay. I graded him. He he graded out 
extremely high. He almost got, he got like he graded out very high. I'll do film grades a, a much later in the process, but uh, he's good. I would for fantasy purpose. We're not talking the NFL. We're not talking back. the we're not talking the value, but for fantasy purposes, this would be this would be good. You should be happy if you have B. John Robinson. Yeah, he'll get the touches. Just the team without Lamar, <laughs> don't love it. But I think you know there could be worse situations for Bijan potentially. So going on a team that will obviously be committing to him as a first round running back, um, will be run heavy. It's really all you could ask for. The question is raised: Do they now start throwing to the running back, which they don't really do? But maybe that's more of a, a Lamar thing than a Ravens thing. All right, Jay. Let's um let's finish this up with a bang. You ready? A Dallas Cowboys select somebody I've never heard of, but uh, interrupt fine. Help that running game, right? Yeah, Come help on. Help the running game. All right. Buffalo Bills select Rasheed Rice, wide receiver out of SMU. I know a lot of people have not watched any Rasheed Rice tape. We will be breaking him down in the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas. We will get to Rasheed Rice. He's good. I'll just say that he's 6'2, 200 pounds. He could run the complete route free play inside, outside, set the SMU pass uh, receiving record. He's very good. This would be a 10 times better upgrade over Gabe Davis. I'll tell you that right now. He would be an infinitely better wide receiver than Gabe Davis is right now. This is a good fit for Rasheed Rice, but this is uh this is not the this is not the blockbuster. Here we go with the uh, second to last pick in the NFL first round of the 2023 NFL draft. There he goes, Jackson Smith and Jigba, which I believe will not fall out of the first round. The Kansas City Chiefs select JSN. We know that they don't have Juju locked up long-term, MVS, uh, Sky Moore. I'm just going to let you have it. Talk to me about Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Kansas City Chiefs. Wide receiver one and the pants are uh, they're all the way off right now. Uh, JSN with Patrick Mahomes. It's just about as sexy as it gets, Ray. It's it's very difficult to not imagine what JSN would do with the uh, Hall of Fame quarterback in Kansas City with Andy Reid. You know, say what you want about Sky Moore, and and he's great, but he's not Jackson Smith and Jigba, and, and MBS is clearly not the guy there. It's just Travis Kelsey. Juju's had a great season, but if you imagine the replacement, <laughs> Jesus Smith and Jigba, yes, CJ, that is exactly how I would describe it. Uh, it would be just. Could you imagine the frenzy of the dynasty community if Jackson Smith and Jigba ended up in Kansas City? It's one of those things, right? Every year, everyone is waiting. Who's going to Kansas City? Is it a running back? Is it a receiver? Is it a tight end even, heaven forbid? And people just fall in love with that player. But if Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to Kansas City, it would burn the fantasy community down. It would be insane. But how do you feel about him there? Well... Irregardless if it's the Chiefs, what I've been saying before we even got to this pick is I think he's very, I think he's, I don't want to say where he's going to rank for me, but he will not be lower than probably wide receiver two. I'm just going to say he's very good. And his skill set matches with Patrick Mahomes so much because what is Travis Kelsey? We watch Kelsey and I know he's a tight end, right? So he's not. Kyle, he's, he's 33, first of all, so he's not out there running a 4-3. But Travis Kelsey has an ability to always be open. 
And if you can always get open and separate, Patrick Mahomes will find you. Juju Smith-Schuster is not a separator. That's not what he does. He's a he's a possession, big-body wide receiver. They try to run drag routes, throw it deep to him. MVS, strictly a downfield threat. You don't want MVS running any kind of whip routes, any kind of bang sevens. You don't want him doing things that he's got to use short area agility. JSN's skill set matches what it almost mirrors Travis, he just gets open every time. He can read zone coverages. He's good against man-to-man. He has an ability to, like, his skill set mirrors what we've seen Patrick Mahomes do with Travis Kelsey. Now, different receiver than Tyreek Hill. He's not a burner. He's not the speed kind of guy. But he can get open. And this this fit, I don't even, this fit would be incredible. And uh, he would go as high as, I, I don't think he'd fall past in single quarterbacks, he's probably coming off the board 102, depending on where Jimmy or Gibbs lands. In Superflex, my honest thing is you still got to take the quarterbacks, but he'd be right there off of the board as 105, 106, right? This is, I think this is an incredible fit. I think he truly matches. I think it would put Sky Moore in the pseudo McCall Hardman role because I believe McCall Hardman is a free agent. McCall Hardman would be gone. You put Sky Moore in that role. Uh, you let Kelsey continue to do his thing and let JSN uh, develop with Patrick Mahomes because as good as they are without a wide receiver one, imagine how much better they would be with a guy as the mm-hmm. guy. So I love it. I love the player, and I do think the fit is very good. Oh, yeah, it'd be incredible. I, I couldn't even imagine, right? But you think about like you got him in Kansas City, you got Addison in New York. Hyatt even for the Chargers. It's really just Quentin Johnson going to Tennessee. That kind of sucks for this mock. And Rasheed going to Buffalo again, just tied to a phenomenal quarterback. You can get him the ball in just about any instance. That's that's really what separates some of these guys, right? Is when you have a quarterback that can get you the ball no matter what. If you can separate, which a lot of these guys can, is then you then you ultimately get the ball at a very high level. So I just I love the fit. It'd be very difficult to keep him out of wide receiver two. It really would. And he'd probably be wide receiver one if it goes to Kansas City. I don't know if he'd fall past 22. I just, I don't know if he would fall past New England. You know, I, I just don't say that, Ray. Please don't do that to JSN. As much as I would love it, it would, it would. So the thing is that, Ray, that's funny about these mocks, right? Every year we see receivers mocked in the first round, but they always go a lot higher than we expect them to. How many wide receivers went in the top 16 last year? Like four? Because I think that Traylon went at 16 and then you had Olave at 12. You had. Uh, Jamison Williams, you had Garrett Wilson, you had Drake London, all these guys in the top Chris half. Chris Olave. Right? So I, we'll see. Again, teams will take quarterbacks this year early, right? They still need offensive linemen. There's lots of good defensive linemen in the draft, but teams need wide receivers because there's a weak wide receiver class in terms of the free agent class, and we've seen the the need for receivers across the league. So I, I'm very curious how that shakes out and whether or not JSN's down there. I doubt it, but we'll see when the draft outcome oh, comes. Oh, Jahan Dotson. God, how many rec- how many receivers went in round one last year? Six, I think. And London, most- Wilson, right. Olave, Burks, Dotson, Olave, Williams, yeah, James Jamo, seven, six, Whew. six or so. They all went top twenty. Yeah, yeah, big time. Love the mock. Shout out to Kyle Krabs over at the Draft Network. What we're gonna do, Jay, is because the Draft Network so far have been the only the only site that I've seen put out like multiple rounds, like first and second round. So what we're going to do next week is we are going to do a mock draft based on these landing spots. Like we're going to do this all draft season because things are going to continue to shake out, continue to change through free agency, through trades after the senior bowl. 
there's some good players at the Senior Bowl, man. You know, the Tajay Spears, we saw him light up USC on Monday, running back out of Tulane. Continue to see Caleb Williams sling it around. Um, JSN's good. I just... I just I really like JSN. I, I don't I don't want to proclaim anything yet without having graded these guys. Uh JSN's good, man. I love the fit uh to the Kansas City Chiefs. We got a couple of super chats that we got to get to. Jay, start with one right here from Chris. Let's get to it. What's up, Chris? Let's talk about it, baby. Uh, what would you pay for Brock Purdy in the offseason? If his last name was Pickett, it would be a lot. <sighs> this is I what I've said about I Brock Purdy. I have a lot vested in Trey Lance, dynasty-wise. A lot of dynasty shares of Trey Lance. Jay, it's going to be year three for Trey Lance. Trey Lance will have not played truly meaningful football for a stretch of time since 2019. And what if, what if the off chance Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to the Super Bowl? I'm not saying Brock would start next year. But what I am saying is I think patience would be very short for Trey Lance. If he came in... And started off the season and looked shaky, was throwing picks. They start losing games. The Boo Birds will be out, and the 49er fan base will be calling for Brock Purdy. What would I pay for him? Probably not much of anything. He'd be a type of guy that I would never try to acquire one for one. The way you get Brock Purdy in the offseason, if you believe in him, if you've got some hope, is you get him as a throw-in to a different type of deal, right? You got different players, and you're like, throw in a Brock Purdy, and we'll get it done. But you don't go out there and give up any capital for Purdy. I would not do that. Um, This is a deep class in round three. There's so many running backs I want to take in round three. We had Deuce Vaughn that declared, Tajay Spears, Israel Banacanda, which I don't think will be a round three pick when it's all said and done. Uh, Kendra Miller, if he declares. The, the, the class is loaded. I want all these round three running backs in my rookie draft, so I would not give up that for Brock Purdy. The way to acquire him is via a trade as a throw-in. I just think Trey Lance's leash is going to be very short. That's just my personal opinion. I think his leash is going to be very short as the starting quarterback. No, I think you nailed it, Ray. That's we've been talking about this for a long time and people kind of ignored it. But like the people need to realize that like you don't play football for four years. That is a problem, right? Like no no one just leaves football for four years, comes back and lights the world on fire. We've seen Deshaun Watson leave football for two years and he looked awful, right? Looked terrible, right? Did look shell of himself. So, you know, he's been in the system for three years. So you'd think he should have a super tight grasp on what he has to do in the assignments. But when you see Brock Purdy come out and execute the offense better than Trey Lance kind of ever did, now it was a very small sample, but Brock Purdy is looking phenomenal in the offense. To your point, if he does struggle, I think they have to make that decision because they're still in this window where they can win. And so if they think Brock Purdy gives them a better chance to win, they have to make that move. And the way he's looking right now, I think there's a pretty good shot that he could be the guy to lead them going forward. Now, you know, we see things change. Once you get tape on a quarterback, you figure out what his tendencies are. You learn how to beat that player. But with the players around them, it's probably not going to take a lot for them to win games. Debo, Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, loaded yep. roster. Yep. Defense loaded. Won't take much from the quarterback. Whoever it is has to just deliver the ball on time, on schedule, and not turn the ball over. So whoever does that the most effectively, I think, is going to be the quarterback for San Francisco. All right, Rico, thanks for the super chat right here. Um, with the depth of the art, is that loud in your ear, Jay? It's so goddamn loud in mine. Audio turned down. So. Oh God! All right, with the depth of the RB position this year, is wide receiver the position to target with with a two through five pick, regardless of format? I would say. Well, we'll get into that. I think Ray. I don't. I don't know if I would make that move, but oh, that's tough. We we would have to, I think, have a better evaluation of the draft to see. Is it better to go Jameer Gibbs, wide receiver, or to go Jordan Addison, 
running back. I think the way that you've talked about the class and kind of the way we've we've see it as it is right now, it would probably be better to go wide receiver running back. But it depends on who you're taking. I think once you get past Jameer Gibbs, that's when you start looking at wide receiver running yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, if yeah. Gibbs and Gibbs is like a top 40 pick, he's probably enough of a different taker to where you would take the running back first. Jameer Gibbs, I'm taking Jameer Gibbs very high. He's that dude. Jameer Gibbs is legit. So I would not bypass on Jameer Gibbs for a wide receiver, but I do think there are some receivers in this class that are worthy of going ahead of RB3, 4, 5. I've said it on Twitter, Jay, going into the season, I was very high on what I thought Zach Evans could be. And I've yep. talked to a lot of people. I've looked at all of his film from 2022, and I'm just not seeing it. Um, I'm just not seeing it from him. Sean Tucker, I like the skill set. We know he's going to run fast. I think he's like maybe like Tony Pollard kind of type running back when it's all said and done. And here's the mm -hmm. thing. A lot of people in the fantasy community right now, they're just – they're living in Debbie land of 2020. Like I'm just, I'm looking at some of the skill sets that some of these guys possess. And I'm just, I think they're good backs. Um, yes. Pello. I love Zach Charbonnet. Uh, again, have not graded him yet, but Zach Evans didn't grade out high for me. Now draft capital is going to be big, right? If he gets the capital, then I'm in, but just what I've seen, like he doesn't catch the ball very well. He's not very agile. He was outplayed at TCU transfers to Ole Miss gets outplayed by a true freshman and um and Quinshawn Judkins coming uh coming out of high school. So we'll see how that plays out. So Rico, I don't know if I would make that blanket statement yet, but here we go. So we got another one. And Joe, I saw your question about what we're doing as commissioners. What are we doing handling championship winnings? I've I've seen three things. These are the three things that I've seen, and I'll tell you what I think I would do. One, wait and see. Jay Rich talked about that earlier. Just wait and see. That's probably the last of the things that I would do as a commissioner right now is wait and see. Like I guess you can, but if if the matchup, what I've done is I've presented the option of taking the high score and the low score of whatever players you have remaining, finding the median of median of that and projecting that as the score. I've seen people do that. I've seen people take taking taking the average of said players remaining, plugging that in, figuring out the champion. Um, I've seen managers uh, co managers come together and just say we'll split the pot. I in one league, Joe, I was getting pounded and I still had T Higgins left and Gabe Davis left, but the other guy had Stefan Diggs and Dawson Knox and I'm down by 30 going into the matchup. The reality is even if T went off, I'm probably not winning that one. So I just conceded. I just waved the white flag. I'm not going to bitch and complain about it. If it's a tight matchup, maybe you guys just want to wait and see, wait and see it through and see what happens or you come to a mutual agreement. But I think if two managers come together and say, you know what? Let's 60-40 this thing. Let's 50-50 that as the commish. Uh, this is unprecedented. I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it. Maybe finding the median, plugging that in for the player, whatever that may be, even if it's high. Get the high and low of each player, and sometimes that could benefit you and may hurt you. Um, and In my opinion, just I, I think that the best thing is those two managers come together and say, this is what we want to do. Let the commission know we want to wait this out and see what happens, or we're fine with splitting the pot, or this is how we're going to do it. Let's take the median, let's take the average and do that. Yeah, I mean, you could have that conversation, right, about what's the best thing to do, and if one owner wants to concede, kind of like you're saying, it's fine. Uh, whether you want to wait and see, that's kind of what I'm doing in a few leagues. I think it just depends on the league environment and, and where things are, obviously. How much did it mean for that team and, and both teams, and is – they're really a realistic chance for someone to come back. It's 
again, the season's over. You could choose to wait. You could concede. You could do whatever you want to do. Like you said, there's lots of ways to go about this. Um, there's no immediate need for action, in my opinion. But whatever you choose to do, just make sure you have a conversation about it. Make sure everyone fully understands why you're making that decision. If you're a commissioner, you know, have that conversation with your league mates because you don't want it to be something that ruins the league over the long term because someone made a decision that was too quick. So I would definitely, you know, take the time to have the conversations to make sure everyone fully understands they're happy with the decision and you move uh, forward from there. Yeah, that's where I'm at. And let's just listen, listen, listen. Uh, I'm going to just say this to everybody in here. It's Wednesday. Uh, it's the last show of the week. Don't. And don't entertain foolishness, y'all. Like, right? I see the chat. I see the comment. Don't entertain that. Like, somebody wants to be an ass, wants to make bad jokes. Like, don't give, don't give those intention seekers the attention in which they desire. Just move on. Don't even, like, honestly, they, they don't even, don't even feed into people looking for attention in life, man. Just ignore that shit. We got good vibes over here. We're not putting none of that in the atmosphere. I'm not even going to address it. I'm not going to acknowledge it. Don't give attention-seeking weirdos the attention that they desire because that's what they are. They're clowns, they're weirdos, they're bozos. There's not a part of this community and just move on. And that's what it is, baby. So we appreciate y'all tapping into the show this week. Remember, no show on Friday, Mondays and Wednesdays. Jay Rich and I need a little bit of time, but stay tapped into everything that we're doing. Get you some of that coffee. Wake up with Michelle Adora, Michelle Adora USA, 15% off using the promo code wake up. Go to prize picks. I know y'all are itching for something to do. Fantasy is over. Go, go, yes, go dabble in some prize picks, man. Y'all in Ohio, I know y'all get to use the real books. The prize picks is dope, and we give you 100 bucks. Use the promo code WAKEUP if you are a first-time user. Stay tapped in. We got America's Game Podcast. No injury pod. Injury pod is over. Off the Line Fantasy 4D Chess with Mike and Adam, Eugene and Ike. Destination Dynasty with Scott Connor. Destination Debbie fam, we love y'all. Y'all have a beautiful week. Positive vibes in the atmosphere. Leave the clowns alone. Wake y'all ass up on Monday. We out of this thing. Peace. Thank y'all for watching the Wake Up Show with myself and Jay Rich. If you finished the show and you're still hanging around and have yet to hit the thumbs up button or subscribe to the channel, do that right now and turn them alerts on while you're at it. If you want more exclusive access to me, Jay Rich, the entire Destination Debbie team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access make sure you subscribe to the newsletter for free 99 content and if you want to get in on that action use the promo code wake up over on prospect for a 100 deposit match up to 100 for first time users and a brand new show dropping on the mojo youtube channel myself and jay rich will be talking about these players and their value from a stock market perspective every single week this fall over on mojo it's all gas, all the time. Love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.